Hello and welcome to another edition of Sky Blues Fans TV. Tonight, myself, Glenn, I have been joined by Charlotte from the Day Away podcast. So we're going to be talking about mainly Coventry City's connections with Rochdale, which currently at the moment are our young striker, Danny Cashman, who is on loan at Rochdale. Also, obviously, Fabio Tavares joined from Rochdale. And also there are several other Coventry City players in the past who've also played for Rochdale. The main one is um, current... Coventry City midfielder Jamie Allen, who obviously was man of the match on Saturday against Huddersfield. Um, welcome to the pod, Charlotte. Um, just first of all, can you just tell us a bit about yourself and obviously the podcast you started up called The Dale Way. Um, how did you come about starting it up and obviously how did you fall in love with following Rochdale? Yeah, of course. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It really means a lot. And um, yeah, well, basically I didn't have a choice with becoming a Rochdale fan because my dad is, <laughs> it was his local team growing up. He's grown up being a Rochdale fan. So just from being a baby, that was like my first kit. <laughs> so I didn't have a choice in that matter. And it was mostly um, growing up, my first, my first experience of a Rochdale game was just, me and him going on a Saturday afternoon. I would just go for a pie and to wave at Desmond the Dragon our mascot. <laughs> that was that was literally the first um the first experience. And then it was actually the 97-98 season. I started going and I was five, six years old. And yeah, that that was when I started going properly home and away. And here I am today, still a Rochdale fan. But um yeah, the Dale Way is, it's basically been inspired by um, the campaign Her Game 2, what is, it's a huge campaign now, and it's just basically trying to reduce sexism in football, and that was one of the main reasons what inspired me and Isabel to do the podcast, because we've always been, we've always been Rochdale fans, like I said, from being young children with We've gone to games with our dads and we just wanted to really normalise the fact that women can also have an opinion in football and they shouldn't, they shouldn't have to feel like they can't voice their opinion or feel like they can't enjoy the game too. And yeah, that's why we wanted to do the Dale Way really, as well as obviously our love for Rochdale itself. It was, it was to inspire. If we can inspire a young girl to go watch football with a dad or a mom, or if we can inspire somebody to just have an opinion on football, that was pretty much what it was all about, really. No, that, that's really good to hear. Um, do you think the emergence of the likes of Alex Scott, um, I remember watching Emma Hayes um, do her punditry during the Euros, was really, really good. The level of detail she had, put some of the male pundits to shame in terms of the quality she she came out with and obviously there's other people like Jackie Oatley um I think Ali Bender does a lot of stuff for like the US stuff is is there any one of them in particular you would say you look up to or find inspiring to be honest every single person you named there inspires both me and Isabel but just people it's not even like famous people. It's like the girls who um, came up with the Her Game 2 campaign. Just any fe- just any female, really. In obviously, as a fan, um, just a young girl who wants to go and watch football, a young girl who wants to go and play football. I, all them people just inspire me because I think now we need to move on from the fact that, and I've been... I've been told this before and not necessarily at games, at football games themselves and at Rochdale, I've never felt victimised, but it's always been on social media. 
And I just feel like we need to get passive fact and the quote, it's a man's game because it's not. Everyone can enjoy football, whether it be a young child, whether it be um, a pensioner, no matter what sex, not, no matter what race, no matter what sexuality. I think it's just, we just need to get past that fact that it's not just a man's game and we can all enjoy it and we can all speak about it. I enjoy taking my mum along because she never sees us lose. So it's always good. So she come a lot in the promotion season with us. Um, I think she come the last game before lockdown when we had to beat Sunderland because she never saw us lose. So she always comes with me. Um, but my wife's not so keen. I think she come and watched us <laughs> once. She come and watched us once and it was Swindon at home. It was nil-nil and it was freezing cold and it was an awful game of football. And it was probably the worst game of football to in- inspire, inspire you to do it. Um, but my... Ironically, every, the first game for me and my two boys, Cov have lost every game. So we lost. First game I lost we were two 0 up and lost three oh. two to Man City. First game for my eldest Ben, we played Worcester City in the FA Cup and lost two one. And the first game for my youngest Jacob, which was actually a couple like four, I think it was four years ago. It was Luton at home and we lost two one and it absolutely was freezing cold and chucked it down with rain and we left early and I missed the one cov goal. So yeah, that's but that's it. That's the irony oh, on yeah. it. So yeah. That's one of the few times that I've left a game, uh, left a ground early. Don't do it this season because we saw that many late goals on it. But um but yeah it's um it's it's very good to hear. And I do agree that I say football is for all and I think it's anyone and anyone can have an opinion. And there are some female fans who we have who have really good opinions. Um, and there are some obviously male fans who have some really good opinions, but there are also some male fans who have really bad opinions yeah. about it. So I think it's just with football, yes. <laughs> everyone, everyone's got an opinion. Um, for everyone who thinks, um, so like Ian Wright's a good pundit. There'll be somebody else who said he isn't. So that's the joy of football. We all have differing opinions and yeah. it's good It's good to hear them. And obviously, like with podcasts becoming to the fore, it's really good to hear different people's um, sides of the story. And obviously with like Twitch, YouTube and stuff like that, it gives more of a platform for people to tell their stories. And I've, I find obviously lockdown, it's been really good to get into podcasts and listen to different people talk about um, different yeah. things so um in terms of obviously just before we talk a bit a bit about Coventry City etc and the Rochdale connections yeah. what, what's yeah. what's the what's your dream with the podcast would who would be like your dream guest to have on uh, is there anyone in particular mind you would you, you'd like to get on oh oh that's a really tough one that is a really tough one I think with me and it's it sounds like to other football fans it'll sound really random but he's always been a Rochdale legend and it will probably be Grant Hall I know um a lot of people are familiar with him from obviously his Norwich days in the Premier League but um for me in particular watching Grant Hall and just like just following his journey as a football fan um I think he would be my dream guest on the podcast and I've met him a couple of times. Um, I had his I had his signed shirts as well, and yeah, I think I think because he's always been my idol, and it was that stage where I was a little bit older, and I was starting to enjoy football more and understand the game. And it was through it was through a period where I used to go home and away with my dad because um, my mum and dad actually split up, so it was like mine and my dad's kind of thing you know on a Saturday or every time Dale were playing and I think yeah I think he would be my dream guest Grant Holt. <laughs> now I think it's always good to speak to someone who you've you've looked up to, um, to up to okay. we've interviewed a few players from like the season that I started following Coventry City and it's great to hear their insight they're maybe not the big 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 names you've played for Coventry in the yeah. past but it's really nice to hear their stories and you get an insight into the club and, and stuff that they've done so um, that's really good to hear um moving on to obviously Rochdale um you've you've had quite a mixed season and um, you, you started quite well obviously you had quite a good run in yeah. the league cup where you went to um Burnley I think you scored first but lost 4-1 yes, um, and then then you've um, had a little bit of a dip and I think you're eight points off off the relegation zone um 
obviously you've taken Danny Cashman from us on loan. Yep. Um, he's obviously quite a bit of an unknown. He came from Brighton's under 23 side, had a bit of a good reputation there, was touted yep. to join Cough for quite a while and obviously then signed and then went straight out on loan to you guys. Um, what, what, what's your impressions on him? How's he done this season? Where, where is he actually fitting into the Rochdale side at the moment? Well, it's a bit it's a bit of a mixed one at the minute because we obviously when we first um got Danny Cashman on loan, um we saw we saw a lot of him. It was brilliant. I think um September especially, he was our player of the month at Rochdale. And I think he got a couple of he got a couple of assists. He got a goal against Tranmere, which was late on, and that was a winner. He came off the substitutes bench for that. And then he scored again when we drew at Mansfield. And I think I think it was around then as well. We actually drew Shrewsbury in the in the cup. And I think he scored against Shrewsbury as well. So September was a brilliant month. And then we saw, we did see a lot of Danny Cashman. But then um in November, he took a knock, which was against Bolton in the Papa John's trophy. And since then, we've not really seen a lot of him. I think we saw we saw him come on for five minutes recently in the Plymouth game in the FA Cup, which was a couple of weeks ago. And then I think it got around 20, 25 minutes when we lost at Hartlepool. But like our last game against Bristol Rovers, it just didn't feature at all. So it's... It's a bit of a mixed bag because when us fans have seen him, he's been really promising, whether it's been starting, whether it's been coming on from the bench, he's made an impact and it links up really well, especially with um, our right back, Corey O'Keefe. They have quite a good um, partnership, but I think they they actually have quite a good friendship off the pitch as well, which is always good. But um, I just don't know at the minute what's actually been going on because he just doesn't seem to be getting... The game time, or like I said, last game it didn't feature. So I don't know whether it was to do with this injury or whether um, it's just not fitting in the formation because um, I know I've spoke to a few Cov fans and um, I think they actually said he likes playing the number 10 role. But obviously with our formation, our manager, Robbie Stockdale, has been playing him on the wing. So I don't know if it's something to do with that. I just, honestly, I just really don't know why he's not been featuring really because us as Dale fans, we want to see him. He's, when we've seen him, he's really excited us. So yeah, I just I just don't really know what's going on with him at the minute. Yeah, because I know, I know he, did, um, he did a podcast, I think earlier on in the season with um, the colleagues, um, I think at the What's the Crack um, and spoke to them and I think... He was obviously saying that the idea was him to come out, get get game time, and Cov had an option to recall him, I think, in January if required, yes. or if he's going to spend the season um, with you guys, basically just get a bit of men's football under his belt. Um, obviously, the point you said about the number 10 role, I can see the logic in that because we we are lacking Coventry City, someone to play the number 10 role um, yes, at the moment, because yeah. obviously we've just got Callum O'Hare. Um, but what I've noticed is he just seemed to have quite a nice infectious enthusiasm and he always seems to be joining in the goal celebrations. And is is that what the fans like him? He's quite a nice, friendly oh, character who engages with oh, the fans. Honest, honestly, I'm, from my, I've had personal experience with him because my little boy, he's six and he's actually, this is his first season as a season ticket holder. And as soon as, obviously, his first game was the Tranmere game when Danny Cashman scored, um, it was quite late on and he scored a winner and we beat them 1-0. And since then, my little boy, bless him, has absolutely loved Danny Cashman. And for Christmas, I know he's obviously a Coventry player, but for Christmas, all he asked for and wrote to Father Christmas was actually for a Danny Cashman Rochdale kit. So... I actually got him the kit. I put it on my Twitter and I actually tagged him in it. And honestly, like within five, 10 minutes, Danny Cashman personally messaged me and said, is there anything I can do for your little boy? And he was really overwhelmed. 
And that just, that's just stuck with me because I just think that's such a lovely thing to do. And um, it's actually for Christmas, I've actually bought my little boy a mascot package for the Port Vale game. I obviously don't know if it is going ahead with things at the moment, but that's on the 29th of December. And Danny has actually done a personalised message to my little boy telling him he's going to be mascot. And I just think things like that, it just goes such a long way. And I think that's the kind of guy he is. He's just, from when I've seen interviews, like his enthusiasm on the pitch, Rochdale in the October half term had an open training session where everybody could go and watch them for an hour to an hour and a half train on the pitch at Crown Oil Arena. And then um, they spent a good, they spent a good hour, two hours going around the um, children, having pictures with them, signing stuff, just speaking to them and just things like that. I think that's the kind of just human being he is. He comes across as a really humble lad. And especially for, especially for a, a like a person his age as well, because obviously you have you have like your lovely human beings and stuff. But in the world today, obviously things are quite things are going quite downhill, aren't they? So just and you get like a reputation being a footballer. You can you do hear stories about certain footballers, but I think just from him himself and what I've experienced and just the way he comes across it really does sound like such a seem like such a humble human being yeah I mean obviously he's come from like playing at a Premier League club in Brighton he's obviously joined Coventry now he's playing in League Two you do get the impression sometimes players who drop down have a bit of a probably wrongly have a bit of a chip on the shoulder or think they're better than they are and obviously something like that obviously will, will mean will mean a lot um we obviously had um a guy who used to play for Cov, max biamu who was just like a cult hero yeah. and he would i remember the christmas party a few years back my son was standing my eldest ben was standing with my dad and him and one of the other players just walked over and started chatting to him they didn't have to do it they could have quite easily just walked by and ignored yeah. them and, yeah. come, and, and stuff like that it means it, it's nice to see that He's he's engaging with a fan pay, a fan base, and I I, I yeah. never I never buy get players' names on my shirt because we had John Stead on loan, yeah. and it was free to get his name on the back of the shirt, and I did it, and he never played another game for cough. So I've got oh, a, honestly, I've yeah. got a shirt with John Stead in there that I'm never going to wear because it's no point. But yeah, um, I hope hopefully Cashman doesn't doesn't go back in 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 January, so you can uh, your son can wear it to a, a few games. Um, Obviously, the other recent connection is um, Fabio Tavares, who we yeah. signed from you guys. Um, I think it was around, it might be last, last, might be January time. Um, yeah, I'm I, sure it was. It was January, yeah, this this year. I'm sure forget, it I forget, it's just blurs into one. Um, he, obviously, he um, was a bit of a surprise, um, surprise signing. He's obviously tearing it up for us at the moment in the under twenty three league. Um, he's was on a ridiculous run of goal scoring. He hasn't scored yeah. many. Um, was it was it a surprise to Rochdale fans that he went to Coventry City, or or what? Is it something that you saw maybe had talent and a bit of potential that could be um, enhanced? Yeah, to be honest, we like over over the last couple of years before he did sign for Cov over like the past two seasons or season and a half. Sorry, we saw we saw a lot of potential. And um, I think I think just before he signed his professional contract, he was tearing up the youth league, you know, the academy and stuff. I think I think he actually won. I think he actually won. What was it? I think it was the EFL Youth Alliance League. I think that's what they called it. And I think that was in 2017-18 off the top of my head. But that season, obviously, before he signed his professional contract, it was just tearing that up. And we saw, we didn't see him feature, like, in full games, but coming off the bench, he scored a couple of goals for us. 
he's always made a good impression with us Rochdale fans because his first goal was actually against Bolton. <laughs> so it was always good to score against your local rivals. But um, yeah, it was one of them where us as Dale fans, it wasn't a shock because even though it didn't appear much for us, you could see compared to other players, you could just see the potential in him. And it was the same with um, Quadro Bar, who actually signed for Watford as well earlier on in the season. Um, just them two in particular. It was just, yeah, you just knew. You just knew. Yeah, you do have a reputation, but obviously bringing through young talent, uh, Rochdale. Um, obviously, we asked uh, for any questions, and one of the Rochdale fans asked the question, can we swap Cashmore for Tavares in January? I probably know what your answer will be, but um, w- would you have Tavares back um, if he was available? I'll be quite honest. If I had it my way, I would have both Cashmore and Tavares. <laughs> I really would, but... Um... Me and Isabel actually spoke about this on the Dale way last week. And we had a question as well asking who we would bring in. And I just said, I think it would be perfect for Tavares to come back to Dale because obviously it's under new management. There's a couple of new players, but he obviously knows the club. Um, he's lived in Rochdale. He's obviously he's been brought up in Rochdale. And I just think that is what we are missing. As much as people keep going on about an experienced striker, I don't think we have got the money for to sign an experienced older striker. And I think just the way Tavares has gained experience, obviously it's not from the first team as such at Coventry, but it's a higher level than Rochdale. Like you mentioned, he's scoring the goals for, I think it's the under-23s. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just think maybe take that risk because it could, it's like with any player, you could sign a big name and it's still taking a risk. You, you think of all the big names people have signed in the past and it's, they've not made it at the club. But I just think with someone like him and just, just with us not having the funds to sign, you know, like, these big names I think someone like him who like I said knows the club has gained a little bit more experience at a higher level even though it is like for the under 23s I think would just be perfect for us I really do yeah I think he's slightly different to like any other like normal under 23 striker that he has got some league experience obviously um like he he's now got x amount of games under his belt he's played he's been on the fringes around the first team squad he's, he's been training with them as well but I yeah. think yeah he needs he needs the games to develop him and obviously we've had some strikers in the past we've loaned out young strikers and the moves haven't gone well because they've not yeah. played or they've got injured or they've probably not been ready for um that level of football but no I, I think I think the most Cov fans think that Tavares will likely go out on loan somewhere and I think probably League two is probably a realistic expectation for him to, to go to. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to send him to the National League because I, I, I think that's probably just a step step yeah. too far down. And I don't yeah. think he'd get in at League one level. There's not a guarantee that he'd, he'd start with regularly. And I think yeah. that would be yeah. counterproductive for him. Um, another, obviously, player that I didn't actually realise that played for Watchdale till um, you kindly pointed out to me. Um, it was Jamie Allen, who obviously started his career. Um, I think he was at Rochdale for about six seasons. Um, he's been a bit of an enigma at Cov because um, he came in from Burton. Um, he played really well a game against Burton at, at the Rico and, as they won 2-1. I think he might have even scored. Um, but he played really well. We got him and then he had a terrible injury um, and then got yeah. back into the team. And then kind of we saw a good spell of him. And then obviously lockdown hit, and then he never really—he just kind of flitted in and out. Yeah. Um, what were yeah. your thoughts on him? Obviously, at playing it with Rochdale, where did he play it a lot of Rochdale? Because I don't think he's now down a position at Cov at the moment. Yeah, well, I'll just—I'll just mention as well when he left, I was absolutely gutted. He was one of my, for someone so young as well at the time, he was one of my favourite ever players to wear a Rochdale shirt. We actually 
us Dale fans used to call him for Rochdale Paul Scholes because he was just, it was honestly so good for us. And he used to play, he was always centre midfield for us, at, um, obviously at Dale. And it just got to the point with Jamie Allen, every single, he'd obviously come up from the youth team, a bit similar to um, the Tavares situation, got obviously into the first team. He scored his first professional goal against Wimbledon and just we lost that game, but just him, just watching him that game, I'll always remember that standout performance because it was just it was just epic. It just changed every single time he played. I don't think he ever had a bad game for us. And um like I said, it was just it got to the point where season after season after season, you could just see him improving and the quality compared to obviously our other players. And he actually moved to Burton. We were in League One at the time. And obviously it was a championship move. You just couldn't not take it in the end. We just had to accept that it was too, it was obviously too good for Rochdale at the time. But he he debuted for um, Rochdale in the 2013-2014 season. And that was actually when we got promotion back into League One. We'd just been relegated and we got back to League One. And honestly, just, just from the moment he debuted, which was in the, I think it was in the Johnson's Paint Trophy that season, just from that game, he just instantly became a regular. And until obviously he got his move to Burton, it was a regular for us. And yeah, it was, it was excellent. It really was. Yeah, he, like I say, when he got into the team, we obviously stumbled across a formation where we just play one striker and him and yeah. Callum O'Hare behind. And he was just brilliant at just working and pressing. And it, it was brilliant. But then the this, this season, obviously, after COVID, and then obviously we didn't have a pre-season, he... He did well, but he never did well enough that he was a he was a yeah. nailed on star. Yeah. And even this season, he's played well in patches. He scored, obviously came off the bench and scored against Reading at home. Um, he's played and he got he got man of the match on um, on Saturday. But he's never been a consistent starter for us, which is is a shame. And I think yeah. most Cov fans thought he would be on his way out in in, um, in this in the August transfer window because there was talk of Ipswich and Rotherham yeah. and other league one clubs with but he's definitely he's got something about him I just yeah I'm, I'm just not sure he's maybe nailed himself down a first team place but no he, he's got you can see he's got moments of, of quality and, and ability and he, and he yeah. always puts a shift in there's probably only Callum yeah. O'Hare who, who works harder and it would have been interesting to see what we'd have done on Saturday against Stoke obviously the game's off now where how we would have accommodated him in the team um just before we um, go on just to some general chat. Um, another player who obviously played for Coventry City and Rochdale was Peter Vincente, who was really, really good at Rochdale. And I know as a Cough fan, when he came to us, I was really excited because I thought he's someone who's going to tear it up in League um, League Two for us. And he just never, never worked. And he, he just, yeah, he just looked a bit ungangly and awkward, but I always thought he'd like playing. We're struggling up front for strikers. I thought just playing through the middle as a, as a target man. We played him right wing, and it never never seemed to work. But um, what 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 were your thoughts on him? Obviously at, at Rochdale, he, he, I think he was pretty much a cult hero there, wasn't he? Oh, honestly, like I could never say a bad word about Peter Vincente because he scored one of the goals that got us promoted to um, to League One again. It was a 2-0 win over Cheltenham and him and Ian Henderson both scored. And just for that, I could not say a bad word about him. But um, yeah, for Dale, for Dale, we had him out on the wing. And it, do you know what? It was actually, it was really decent. It, obviously, it wasn't prolific or anything, don't get me wrong. But he put a shift in and his, his first goal, I'll always remember, it was um, against Newport and we won. 3-0 and it was a 30-yard strike and I can just picture it now and um, honestly like it's just I just find it funny how I've got these memories of him these good memories but obviously you Cov fans I spoke to another Cov fan 
um a couple of weeks ago about it as well and they were saying the same like it what it just wasn't good for use but for us yeah it was it was a decent winger but he played he played a lot alongside Ian Henderson as well which was um he's a great player he's now at Salford he was a hero for Rochdale and just the way them two linked up as well they were honestly they were brilliant they really were but um like like um I think with Vincenti as well as we got as the seasons went on and obviously we got more quality because we were in league one at the time it just appeared less and less for us and um I think that's when obviously event signed for Coventry it just it just wasn't getting any appearances anymore it'd come on now and again off the bench but I think I don't think it got I think it got to a point where it was only like just like yeah just appearances off the bench it was never he never started anymore and the older he got and like the better quality players we then recruited it just got to a point where he just didn't really play much for us anymore yeah, I think it's just as a case. Some players work at a club in, in, yeah. in the same way some managers work at a club. Classic example for Kov being Mark Robbins has been absolutely yeah. brilliant um, for for us in two spells. I think you guys have obviously had Keith Hill, who's always done really, really well yeah. for you, but yes. maybe never had this success at, when he's left and gone elsewhere. Obviously, I think the other one who comes to mind is John Coleman at Accrington. I think there's just sometimes yeah. that a player and a person and a, a and a manager or a person, they just fit that club and, and do really, yeah. really well. Um, the other interesting question, um, which we had, was off um, a Fulham fan, Skibby, who we know from Football <laughs> League World, who yeah. is an interesting question, um, because I, I, I think I know what your answer might be, but I'll be interested to see if it is. He basically says, for both of us, there's a red button, your respective teams will win the Champions League, enjoying a long campaign, but then you will finish the rest of your days finishing 22nd in League Two season after season. Do you press the red button? Do you know what? I w- <laughs> it sounds really bad because everyone's like dream is to win like the Champions League. But I don't think I'd press it because... Yeah, I don't think I'd press it. I really don't. And I think it's just because... I don't think I don't think I could go through season after season after season being 22nd in League Two. And as much as like as much as like we were punching above our weight in League One, I would love to get back to League One again. I really would. And yeah, just like this season, like just seeing a difference in like the football and the standards. I would really love to get back to League One again. And for that reason, and I know it's I know it's one of them where people would be like, what, you silly for choosing this? I really wouldn't choose winning the Champions League. I really wouldn't. No, I, I get that because I think that that one moment, you never you yeah. know that you're never gonna get that moment again. And yes. it, it, and that's the thing to me, obviously we uh, as I said earlier, before we started, I remember playing Rochdale at home and losing one nil, and we and we were we were awful, and we were just literally threw away yeah. promotion uh, because we went on such a bad slide under Tony Mowbray. But days like that, when you have a day like Wembley in the Checker Trade Trophy yeah. where we win, yeah. uh, Wembley in the playoff final, Notts County away where we 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 just absolutely destroyed it, and it was a sliding doors man. I think. And then obviously we got back into the championship and obviously first game where the fans were back, Nottingham Forest, we win. It, it That kind of makes it up for the days where we lost in front of, we lost to Forest Green who brought yeah. 50 away fans with them. Yeah. Uh, I think you've, yeah. you've got to, you've got to have the hope that it, it could turn around. Same way it's like the FA Cup. Um, obviously, unfortunately you guys got knocked out by Plymouth, but that's the dream, yeah. isn't it? If, if you'd got through past Plymouth, it's, we could get Man United away and get to go to Man United, yeah. or we can, and see Christian Ronaldo and stuff. And that's the, that's always the dream, I think, for everyone. You never know what could yeah. happen in football. So that that's um, I, I I I thought you might say that. Um, I I, I yeah. probably wouldn't <laughs> press the red button even myself because I just think the whole point of football is you you never know what you you're going to get. Exactly. For it. Exactly. 
you can you can season can transform on a on a bit of luck and you can just go on a five ten game winning run and you can jump up back up the league. So um just uh, before obviously we wrap up, um, obviously there's a couple of major topics at the moment. Obviously, you mentioned about her game too earlier. Um, how big do you think obviously the movement could go? Obviously, they've got quite a few clubs coming on board. I believe there is obviously potential of like Coventry City coming on board. I know Rochdale have, have joined in. Yeah. Um, do you think that that is going to be something that's going to last for? ever and does it is it something that inspires you to keep pushing yourself forward with your content obviously I know you do a lot of stuff um this week I know you've been on quite a few different shows this week as well so yeah. for a relatively new powered podcast that's really impressive to be doing that oh thank you um yeah I, I was actually our first podcast we actually had Lucy Ford um the co-founder of her game too She's a Bristol Rovers fan and we were actually talking to her about it and she said, obviously, their their kind of goal is to get every club, like including Premier League clubs, on board with the Her Game 2 campaign. And to be honest, I don't see why that can't happen. And I think, I just think it'd be amazing. And as much as obviously... We shouldn't have to do this. It's like the kick foot, kick racism out of football campaign. We shouldn't have to do things like this. But um, obviously, we're at a time, we're at a day and age where we do have to do these things. And I just think the more awareness and the more people that do get on board, like I was saying before, it could inspire like a little girl to want to go and play football or go and watch a football game. It's like um, we've actually, and me and Isabel were so overwhelmed and we actually turned up. A young girl, bless us, her dad runs an Instagram um, account for her and she follows us on Instagram. She's called Malia and her dad messaged us and just said, thank you so much for doing this podcast. And they're actually Liverpool fans. They've got, they've got no like, they're not linked to Rochdale in any way. They've obviously just come across our podcast and our social media and just said thank you so much for being so passionate and we're actually inspiring these girls and we had another person message us and it was about their little girl playing football and she's always enjoyed going to play football but she was scared to join the team because they thought it was a boys game and she's joined a football team and it's just it's just little things like that what we're not we don't think we're going to change the world. We don't think we're going to kick um, sexism out of football. But just those little things. And if we can inspire one or two people to like find the voice or these little girls to play football or go and watch football, it's just it just makes you feel really, really good. And especially because, like I said, me and Isabel have been going to Rochdale with our dads from a young age. And like... I said previously we've never actually experienced sexism at football games itself it's always been on social media so we just want to try and we just want to try and use our voices to inspire other people um obviously you mentioned that you've never experienced sexism yourself yes. at grounds I know I think her game too did like a survey and and give some examples of of the experiences of of other fans um what what um which were quite disturbing. I mean, yeah. if that yeah. was my wife or I had a daughter or it was my sister or something was there, they, 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 were, they were quite disturbing. What What would you say is the worst bit abuse that you've had? Obviously, if you can repeat it um, in, yeah. in terms of it. Yeah, what I've had myself has always been on social media and it's always been on Twitter. Um, and it's it's not been, obviously... I'm, I can I can take it and stuff. It's not been like as it's not been as bad as what other girls have experienced, but it's just been like you simple, oh go make me a sandwich, get back to the kitchen, your point's not valid. You know, just just little things like that, what I've experienced where, like I said, don't get me wrong, it's annoying, but 
and obviously it's not as bad as what some other girls have experienced but we shouldn't really be getting them coming oh I had as well I put I can't remember what I tweeted about it was a random game this was a few weeks ago it was just a comment on a Premier League game and I got told to get back to the hoovering and to go and get my hair and nails done <laughs> it just that's just the kind of things you know that I've experienced it's never been like it's never been a patch of what like I said what I've heard some of the other girls and females have experienced at football but it just it just makes you feel horrible doesn't it knowing that these women have gone to enjoy football and they've gone through this and it it just shouldn't it shouldn't be happening it really shouldn't no let's say if that was whoever was doing it it was their mum daughter sister they they'd be mortified by it and um obviously like we said before the we start the pod the world is quite a dark place at the moment yes. with everything that's going on and if like you said if you can bring a bit of light through your podcast inspiring somebody or some you make someone smile having a, a laugh a laugh and a joke obviously um you guys did your a podcast with Neil and AD and yeah it, some I was I was in stitches with some of the, some of the <laughs> stuff you said um but yeah I, I think we won't mention mention that um, on ours um, but it, it's like I said that that's really really good and what I've enjoyed and I'm sure you found it with the people you spoke to doing these podcasts is how friendly and how interesting and uh, and appreciative people are who, who come on and give up their time um, and speak to you and how how insightful sometimes it is to hear from somebody on their own experiences be that whether it's someone who supports totally a, a different a different club on it um before we obviously wrap things up obviously yeah. covid is the big topic at the moment um yeah obviously um i think rochdale i don't think rochdale have had a game postponed due to covid i think they had a league cup game against Harrogate where you got a bye yeah. didn't you yeah. because that yeah. got called off um what what are your your thoughts on obviously the whole situation and how the EFL have handled it obviously they've came out today and give the criteria that games can be played under um do you think that's realistic like a club at Rochdale's level that how small their first team squad is would they have 14 players and a goalkeeper available if they had a COVID outbreak to play games? Um, I think I think us in particular uh, the, I think we do have the players we obviously have we have younger players as well like we've spoken about we've got players who we've brought up through the youth team um, who haven't featured much this season but we've got a lad called Ethan Briley he reminds me a bit like the Jamie Allen, Fabio Tavares kind of thing where he's coming up, you know, gradually and um, hopefully he'll build a career and stuff. But I, th- I think personally with us, with Rochdale, I think we will struggle if COVID does um, obviously break out at our club because like I mentioned before with Danny Cashman, when obviously he got injured, we had quite a few injuries at the time. We were short on numbers. So I think with Cashman in particular, Robbie Stockdale had to put him on the bench and maybe that's why he didn't feature as well because we were that low on numbers. Um, we've got a couple of players out at the minute. Um, our left back broke his foot. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, we're low on numbers at the minute anyway through injuries. So I personally think myself with Rochdale in particular, we would maybe struggle to get a team together, apart from obviously if we rely on our younger members of the squad who have come up from youth team and signed professional contracts. We've got a couple out on loan at the minute um, at non-league clubs, so we'd obviously have to recall them back. I think I think us like they've mentioned if you're above a certain capacity with fans haven't they as well I don't think that would necessarily affect us because we're Rochdale we don't get the big crowds unless obviously it's a big following from an away following I don't think that in particular would affect us but maybe if there was an outbreak with the squad I think that could really massively affect us I really do 
Yeah, I, I just think our frustration, my frustration is that it's took yeah. till today for the EFL yes. to say what the rules are. And I yeah. know um, a West Brom fan and they were basically forced to play the game last week. Yeah, yes. QPR yeah. will let call two games off. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's just, I think it's just, if you knew what the criteria was and it was clear and transparent, yeah. then it would make it a fair, fair, a, a fairer level of playing field. I think the problem is, like with the FA Cup, we could draw you in the FA Cup, have a COVID outbreak, but they'd make us play our under 23 side against you. Yeah. But in yes. the league, if we played in a league game, we could call the game off with potentially yeah. not that many cases on it so I think it's just a bit um it's just DFL and they're a bit of a farce and we could I could talk about yeah. the EFL and I'm sure you guys it, could could yeah. as well with your experience obviously you guys have had um I think there's a takeover that's been yes. going on and off isn't there um obviously we've had our experience with the whole going to Birmingham and going to Northampton on the EFL yeah. handling it so yeah I don't think they're the most uh, popular people <laughs> in the world um just um uh, wrapping things up um who who would you say is your favorite footballer it doesn't have to be a watchdale player at the moment who who's the, who's your favorite footballer at the moment i'm gonna go i'll do my favorite player for rochdale at the minute is alex newby and i just think we actually got him from charlie um a couple of seasons ago and just just watching him from when he first came to now is come on a hell of a lot is is on the he actually plays on the wing he links up quite well with Danny Cashman as well when they've played together um yeah he's been involved in a lot of our goals he scored a few goals as well this season so my my favorite Rochdale player would be him but just in general I think I think I'm going to go for an ex-Rochdale player who, unfortunately, we we had to sell over the summer. It was just it was just too good for our club. And when I mention his name, a lot of football fans always agree. And that's Ollie Rathbone. I just think he's just a great quality player. And he always puts in 110% effort in every game. And I think that's the kind of player we are missing this season. And I think if we didn't, obviously, if he wasn't too good for obviously us and if we didn't have to sell him at the time, I think we would be a lot higher in the league. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Ollie Rathbone. Cool. Um, and finally, what do you think Rochdale's aims are for the rest of the season? Well, for me personally, we've just, with everything what was going on with the takeover and we wasn't sure if we were going to have a club, um, I would have honestly been happy with just finishing above relegation. I think we are capable of a lot more, but our our ex-manager, Brian Barry Murphy, left us um, just over a month before the season started. Robbie Stockdale joined us. He had to put a team together within three weeks, so I think he's done a really good job of that. So at the beginning of the season, before I watched us and saw our potential, I would have been happy with finishing just above relegation. But for me personally, if I honestly think if we can get a couple of additions, if we could get maybe, we could sign Corey O'Keefe, whether it be permanently or on loan for the rest of the season, he's our right back. If we could get maybe a left back and like someone like Tavares on loan, I think if we just got a couple of additions in January, I think we are more than capable for fighting for playoffs I really do because we've got the quality there we're just missing them just some couple of players that could get us to the next level yeah that's hope well hopefully like say Danny Cashman gets back in the team and scores a few goals so as you climb up the league because I think it's a win-win for for everyone isn't it in that situation yeah um just finally, obviously, um, if you just want to promote the podcast, obviously where you can find it, um, if you've got anything planned upcoming where people can listen and obviously your socials. Yeah, of course. Well, um, we're called The Day Away and it's a podcast from her point of view. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under The Day Away. 
and you can listen to our podcast on Anchor, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify as well. And yeah, we've got, we've obviously, we've just been recently doing match analysis and stuff, but we are hoping to maybe get a couple of the Rochdale players and some members of staff on there as well. And hopefully with, um, we're hopefully looking into promoting the Rochdale ladies team as well, which should be good. So we'll have a good mixture on there. That sounds really good. Um, and like I said, for how relatively newish you are podcast, it, it's great to see the success you've got. Obviously, I believe you've got a piece in the Rochdale programme now as well, haven't you? Oh, yes. I thought, thank you for reminding me. I totally forgot about that. But um, yeah, we're all going well. And if our game is on on Saturday, um, we're at home to Newport and it's actually our first feature. So it's just a bit of a blog, really, of what we've spoke about on our podcast. And yeah, it's it's like, it's a dream come true, really. It sounds really like sad, but from being like a young girl, me and Isabel collected programs. So it's just going to be a little bit surreal seeing our feature in a program. So yeah, we're really looking forward to that. We really are. Now, I, I can get that totally when I was, Growing up, um, we used to have a guy called Rob Gurney who used to do all the Cov games. So he's a Cov mad, mad Cov fan. He was literally yeah. used to do all the games. And I used to, when I was growing up, wanted to be him. Um, he came into our school and did some awards out one day and he was like my hero. And then I kind of fell away from it. And then obviously I've lived lockdown. I got into into podcasts, um, went and did one with uh, Neil, who obviously you know, um, on his, yeah, and yeah. then I've kind of got involved with Sky Blues TV, and then it, it's just kind of spiraled from there, and you speak to one person, and then they say, oh, well, I know so-and-so, and then you get that many um, yeah, different yeah. different people <laughs> on board, and so so it's um, it's really good to um, see, and and it's really good how supportive that people are of, of each other, so um, I genuinely do appreciate the you giving up your busy schedule and your time to come and speak to us and um we wish Rochdale all the best on Saturday against Newport um I shall probably be watching uh soccer Saturday as we have no game unfortunately so um well, hopefully Danny Cashman uh, gets on the score sheet for you so um thank you very much Charlotte for for giving up your time and all the best for the rest of the season with the podcast and for Rochdale um just as a final note, uh, we will be recording <coughs> our next podcast on Friday, which is tomorrow, as I'm recording this on Thursday, with uh, Clive Brooks and his son, Ashley the Boy, who do Coventry City vlogs. And then at the weekend, we will be recording some Cov uh, pods, but obviously they will not be regarding a match as we are waiting for updates on the future games. Thank you very much for your time. Play up Sky Blues. Yeah! <laughs>